and Wayfinding Growth listeners, viewers, I'm super excited. It's your boy George B. from Impulse Creative, and today we have an interview. Man, let me just get into it. The, today's interview, we are talking to the one, the only, the man, the myth, the legend, David Cancel, about conversational marketing from just a tiny little company that you might have heard of called Drift. Without further ado, let's go ahead and get into this. Are you immersed in a sea of business advice and education, but not sure what to embark on first? Instead of adding to the ocean of information, we're here to help you navigate it like a pro. The Wayfinding Growth Podcast will help you take a deep dive into new actionable strategies, tools, and tactics to help you grow. So start charting a course for business growth as you explore a better way to grow further, faster with your hosts, Remington Begg and George B. Thomas. So, David, let's go ahead and start at the beginning of the journey. I know there may be some people out there that don't know who you are. I mean, maybe they live under a rock, but let's start with who you are and where your journey kind of started and what you feel or where you feel you're sailing towards professionally and maybe even personally, if you want to share that. Sure. How far do you want to go back? My journey has gone a long time. Look at this. Look at this I, I, I mean, you are an OG just like me, right? <laughs> an old guy. Yeah, old guy. Yeah. So, uh, so I think relevant for this conversation, like I... I've been kind of, uh, I started Drift now, which is my fifth company. So I've been in the startup world a long time. That began a long time ago in 1996, around that time frame, where I joined uh, like two other people. And we started a company called Bolt, which was uh, an early social network of its day, right? We didn't have the term social network. That didn't come around until 2006 or seven, But that's what we were. And we created one of the fastest, the fastest growing uh, social network of its of that era, and so that got me hooked on the internet. That got me hooked into data, and that got me strangely, although that was creating you know consumer facing thing, that got me hooked into businesses, marketing, and the data that they needed, right? Because we had this the hugest population of teenagers at the time using this website, and so we had lots of major brands coming to us to understand how teens bought and thought, and so that got me hooked, and then. Later, I started a company called Compete, which was in the market research world. We sold that to WPP. That got me deeper into data and analytics and advertising. And that led me all the way to 2009. I started a company called Performable, which was kind of um, which was a marketing automation company uh, that had one one interesting observation that we started out with, which was, hey, all of the marketing and uh, sales software that we used at the time was missing one thing, right? And it was missing people. Right? And so we created this marketing automation tool that was based around centralizing people and actually having faces of people and their names and their titles and all this stuff, and then linking that to the all the other new channels that were emerging, which was social, uh, together. And what happened was uh, we were the only ones doing that at the time. Everyone laughed at us. Every other marketing tool laughed at us. Some of our own teammates laughed at us and said, a marketer doesn't need this. They don't need to look at people. Why do people matter to marketers? Marketers just care about data and about campaigns and all that stuff. And then, you know, cut to today, right? Like everyone, there isn't a tool that you use for marketing and sales that doesn't start with the person. And in uh, 2014, 15, we had the same observation around conversations. And that's how we started with Drift, which was like, great, we have data, we have people, but we don't have the actual thing that matters, which is like, what are those people talking about? Where is that stuff? We just have metadata about 
the conversation and metadata about people, but not actually what's being said. And so that was the beginnings of Drift. Yeah, absolutely, people. That is history. That is knowledge. And so you know it's time for all hands on deck. Let's hoist the sails, set a course to your company's growth voyage in conversational marketing. Remington, you've been silent, which I've thought for sure with David yeah. on the horn. You'd be like, chatty Kathy, but it is your yeah. time for navigational <laughs> instruments. Let's go ahead and get into this. Yes, yeah, so David, super stoked to have you on the uh, on the show. I uh, can't wait towards the end to hear about, a little bit about your sabbatical and that, that journey. I've been listening to you on Seeking Wisdom. So I'm just fangirling over here. That's all that's happening. <laughs> um, so when we, uh, you know, so as we jump into this, the navigational instruments, so just like Wayfinders have charts and compasses, obviously Drift is probably going to tie into this conversation. But let's talk about like the tools and the things that are needed in order to do conversational marketing. And maybe yeah. it's beyond just platform. Yeah, uh, it, it's way beyond platform. So, you know, platform and tools are a small part of it. What has to happen is the kind of behavior change, which is the hardest thing, right? People have to change. And so the thing I think about most is people changing. And the good news is that we're changing back to a natural pattern, which is people communicate just like we're communicating now. Like this is normal. And for a long time, we've ignored this and we've focused on you know, how many hits we've had, how many clicks we've had, how many pings we've had, and that was all that mattered. And now we're going back to what I think is natural. People having conversations. This is how business has always been done, but we've been ignoring this as we've chased the, you know, the temple of data-driven marketing and, and data, and I love data and I'm a big advocate, but let's get back to people. For sure. So when you think about some of those specific, like, barriers that people mm-hmm. run up against, like, I'm sure you you guys run into this every single mm-hmm. day. Like, what are some of those? What are those things that we have to get back to, other than the human element? Yeah, I think uh, you know the barriers that we introduce into business are uh, you know one we always introduce them as people is that you know what we measure is what happens, right? So like what we put incentives around and what we measure is what people tend to optimize towards. So we've we've in this data driven you know frenzy. We started to measure people and abstract relationships out to MQLs, marketing qualified leads, sales qualified leads, you know, sales accepted leads, opportunities, whatever, like these nameless objects. And uh, these objects then become the incentives for the team. So, like, even though someone might want to buy into and believe that, uh, you know, getting back to conversations is the way to do it, like, maybe their job is predicated on being measured on MQLs or MQL to SQL acceptance rates. And so even if they may introduce and go whole hog into into this new world or going back to basics, like uh, their bosses still may be asking them about MQLs. And in the new world where we are having a conversation, this isn't an MQL, right? Like you may not, you two, the two of us may have a conversation where I actually just buy something from you right now and I was never an MQL. And these people sure. are stuck with this idea of like, well, how do I measure it? How do I get credit for it? Like, Yes, it's good for the business and it's good for the customer. The business is better and the customer is better. But hey, man, I still get measured on MQLs. So is, can I count this as an MQL or not? And it's like, okay. Yeah. So I think that's the biggest barrier. 
And that's a, that's a yeah. real barrier. So, David, because this is the tool section and because on most podcasts when we're being interviewed, we're worried about being self-promotional, I'm mm-hmm. going to cut the line and I'm going to tell you, I want you to talk about Drift. I want you to talk about the micro tools inside of Drift that enable everything that we've just talked about to actually happen for you as a sales marketing service professional. Sure. So this is weird because when I do – shows or I talk, I try never to talk about Drift. So, so let's see if I can do it. Uh, so what Drift is, is it started pretty simply. It's a way to just think you visit a website, think about a website. We always thought about it as the physical store. So if you come into a store, you want to talk to the person that comes in the store, at least acknowledge, say, hey, we're here if you need help. And so Drift allows you to do that at scale, right? And we, the way that we allow you to do that at scale is we help you is that we introduce this idea which is, I think, become popular is becoming popular now, which is to use something called bots, and that existed for, for a while. But I think we were the first to use bots for sales qualification online in real time, right? And so we used this idea of a bot, which we weren't big fans of how bots were being used to basically make your site ready to be able to converse with someone 24-7, 365, and answer the questions that you need as a business in order to qualify them, understand who to route to. And so we have all of this logic of that qualification, of course, but also who should we route to? Should this go to George or Remington or David or like, and why should it go to them? And how do we count that? And all that kind of stuff we do behind the scenes. And we do it in a way that it is less work for the sales rep and less work for the customer, right? And so that's the trick in what we do is all of the bots are here not to replace us, but to make life easier and to allow us to focus on the now, right? To focus on, you know, going out sailing, to use this metaphor, or going out walking or being with your kids or being here and not have to worry like, hey, no one's here to, to answer the people on the website or get back to these people, right? Because we have the bots that are covering our back. And for the record, for our audience and our viewers, he's talking about chat bots, people. Yes. Sorry. Like, this is fun stuff. No, no, absolutely. It's great. And that was, I think, a really cool recap without being promotional. So I think you did a really good job there, David. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. I tried not to be All right. Yeah, no, 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 it's totally fine. So now it's my turn to be promotional. So this week's episode is brought to you by the Impulse Creative website and marketing audits. So often people look for a shiny new website or they sign up for marketing retainers with agencies without understanding a strategy and what changes should be done. So our audits will demystify that process and sets everyone up for success from the very beginning. Let us know. You know George's contact info. You know mine. If you want to reach out, you hit us up and we can get you hooked up with one of those. That's right, people. Let us get you hooked up. You know what else we're going to hook you up with? Is Let's we're hook gonna, it up. We're going to chart the course. You know, here's the thing. What we have found is so many people, they want to get to a certain place, but they don't know the steps that actually get them there. And so we wanted the Wayfinding Growth Podcast to be actionable. That's what this section is all about. And so, David, when we think about conversational marketing, when we think about if there's a company out there that hasn't implemented this, that isn't thinking of that strategy, like who needs to be the captain of this ship, if you will. Yeah, the captain in most companies is the person who owns demand gen. So there's someone in the company who, and that can live in marketing and that can live in sales, depending on your company. But there's someone who wakes up every night, every morning, worried about: Do we have enough opportunities? Do we have enough leads to hit the goals we have as a business? And that person tends to be the person who uses uh, conversational marketing. Cool. So where where do you think most companies have journeyed to this point when we when we start talking about like 
getting started or maybe even like dipping our toes into chat and chatbots? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, the early, if we were to use um, Jeffrey Moore's, you know, crossing the chasm kind of uh, thought, we are still, you know, in conversational marketing. It's mostly the, you know, early adopters, right? So we have the early adopters. We're just in, from an industry standpoint, just beginning to cross over into that early majority, which as you know, reading the book, that's crossing the chasm. So we're in the, the beginning stages of just crossing that chasm. And, uh, and there are companies that have done that already, lots of them, but we're in the beginning phase. So if I, if I were to describe it, we're on the upswing, you know, with, uh, you know, the beginnings of crossing that. So it's super exciting right now. I'm super curious, David, when we talk about um, this whole thing and, and really it's where are companies now is where this mm-hmm. is going to come down to. But I have to believe that there's a percentage of uh, companies that will look at conversational marketing and everything we said about returning back to human and and stepping away from the data or number, mm-hmm. you know, like 572 visits. Who gives a crap? Like, yeah. like what, what, what are these, or, or where are these companies now? Um, and maybe in this, talk about some of the struggles that they're maybe going to face because of not the ability to set sail in this direction. Yeah, I think the biggest struggle is really organization, organizationally, right? Like, so the early adopters, you know, those people are are used to moving, shaking, changing things up, doing what I suspect Remington does at Impulse Creative, right? Like reorg the whole thing, uh, drop some founder bombs in there, like blow it up and rebuild it. But, you know, you get into those early and late majority companies and that becomes really hard. Like people don't like change. And so uh, it is a transformation, just like every major transformation that we've witnessed in the last, you know, 10 to 15 years in the marketing space. It is a transformation that needs to that will happen. But just like when we, you know, I remember when companies started to adopt social media, they started to adopt social media and they were like, who's going to answer this? What is social media? Like, what about if someone says something bad? Like, we can't reply to this. Like, is this going to go through our PR department? Is this going to go through like, who's going to review this stuff? Like, that was like, that wasn't that long ago. That was like a crazy idea. Or like, you know, should we let Google or these search engines index our website? This is our proprietary information. I'm like, no, we don't want to. Like, we've gone through all of this in marketing in recent history, and it's a transformation. The good news about transformations and the, the reason that I'm excited is because it always leads to more opportunity for everyone in marketing and sales, right? It leads to more opportunity and better performance in the long term. But like, it's change. And so, like, these companies have to undergo this change just like they did, you know, with all of those examples. And there's been many others, right? What's our Snapchat strategy? What's our IG strategy? Who's going to do these stories? I'm not good on video. Like, you know, like, we're going through all of this stuff that I'm sure you hear every day. And conversational marketing is is the next phase in that evolution of change. Yeah, and it's super exciting, too. So. So glad we have you on here talking about it today. So when we're digging into this like idea of this change in the conversational, you know, the conversational marketing side of things, I know you've mentioned sales. So um, when we're when we're kind of focusing on this course, what are some symptoms like direct symptoms that we can pull out of that from a sales team right right now? Like I know I talk about marketing, like it's not a traffic driver, but it helps with conversions. But talk yes. to me about like people that might be having issues with their pipeline and like what happens when you add conversational marketing into that from a sales point of view, you mind sharing that a little bit? Sure. So I think the good news is that sales adoption and sales understanding of conversational marketing is 
way easier than on the marketing side. And the reason is because, you know, if you have salespeople, they're used to the idea, the fundamental idea that they will not have a sale unless they have a conversation, right? So like they've always been conversational. That is the nature of salespeople, right? right? Like, so like that is not different to them. And that the idea like that there's a way to get more conversations faster that are more qualified and this, and something does more qualification work for them. Like that's a like no brainer, easy sell uh, for the right salespeople. So I think it's easier there where we, where there is the crossing over is, that gap between marketing and sales, like those people that sit in the middle, whether it's sales ops, right? So in within sales uh, team, marketing ops, those kind of people in the middle and like how they count things and how this changes their world and their crazy infrastructure that they've had to build to pipe everything to work together. Like that's, that's where you need some change management, some transformation, right? Like that's where it happens. I, we find like the sales reps, BDRs, SDRs, you know, any type of rep, like it's way easier of an idea for them uh, to adopt because it's the way that they've always conducted business. Great you know, point. I just, I, I literally had a moment uh, on, on wayfinding <laughs> growth here because I have for like forever thought of this as a marketer. And with what David just said, I totally went into my like sales brain, which I'm starting yeah. to build out and was like, oh, my gosh, this is no different than like uh, a phone call or totally. a text message or it's like That's it's it. just literally another way for me as a person who as a sales rep needs to and loves to communicate. It's like another vehicle. Like I jump out of my Porsche and I hop in my Ferrari. So that's amazing. You know, Remington, I'm wondering if we'll talk about Porsches and Ferraris in our monthly newsletter. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So maybe, especially since we just mentioned one. Um, But so get your weekly show notes and a monthly deep dive newsletter. I'm sure David's already signed up. Every week, we Mm -hmm. will send you all the links to the tools we talk about, the free downloads, the resources, and all the other things that we discuss. And we're also going to send you the monthly deep dive newsletter, which is going to come from George and myself. So head on over to any of the Wayfinding Growth pages. You'll see the link to sign up on the page. And that's, of course, wayfindinggrowth.com. Yeah, it is. (laughs) And you know what time it is, people. It's time for this week's Captain Killing it, where we talk about somebody who's either killing it in a good way or a bad way on the interwebs. And in this case, maybe conversational marketing, maybe not. But we're going to look to David to talk about somebody who he really thinks is this week's captain. I got it in twice, Remington. Killing it. David, who you want to talk about? Hmm. It's a great question. I mean, it's hard. If I think about the Internet, it's hard not to say uh, that – you know, right now, the person I'm thinking about is one that, you know, is popular in the news, which is uh, Elon Musk. And he's both killing it badly and killing it uh, in the long term good. <laughs> but I think in the short term, you know, everything that's been happening with uh, with Tesla and with his comments and stuff like that is killing it badly on social. Uh, but I'm long on him in the long term. I think he'll head in the right direction. You could definitely tell he has a long term and a short term strategy. Yeah. <laughs> I like to call it the long game and the short game. And he's yep. playing them both at the, at the exact at the same, same time. time. Like one foot yeah. in one, one in the other. It's wild to watch. Sure. Musk, you can't go wrong with the captain killing it with Elon Musk. Right. Yeah. All right. So now we get to talk about the Bermuda Triangle, my favorite Mm -hmm. place. Um, So when we start thinking about conversational marketing, and we started to allude to some of this earlier, what makes makes conversational marketing impossible for companies? I think uh, 
It's a good question. I don't spend much time with the impossibles, but, uh, you know, there I don't have know. much access to. But, you know, like, I think there's always going to be with any transformation in marketing or sales, whether it was social or whatever, there's always going to be the laggards and uh, and they're going to be the pe- the people that never change. Right. And we still see those today. Right. People who have not adopted, uh, you know, uh, whether it's creating content, whether it's being on social, whether it's any of the things that have kind of revolutionize all the other businesses. Some of those are monopolies and they don't have to change. And some of them are just laggards and uh, will never change. And so, you know, I think there's there's that group and we which we can affect. But then there's a late, late majority, which is waiting for more evidence from those early majority companies before they make a change. And so those are going to be your slow movers. And so for them, they're waiting on evidence. I think they're stuck in the Bermuda Triangle until they see more uh, evidence and more social pressure to make a change. Sure. So that that brings up a really great point then. So so if if conversational marketing right now to me feels much more authentic and exciting as a company because there's less people doing it, mm-hmm. it won't stand out as much later. So um, so I see like more of an opportunity to stand out at this moment rather than totally. waiting for everyone else to jump on board. Would you agree? Yes, and it's often it's something I often talk about it just in, in the in the concept of marketing, which is like, look, you want to whenever a new channel or transformation happens, like if you're in marketing, you want to jump in when it's fuzzy, hard to measure, you're unsure, you want to be the first one in there because that's where you get the lion's share of opportunity, aka that's where the most arbitrage is. Once it becomes super popular and everyone is doing it. It's going to be really hard to break out, really hard to see success there because you're going to be one of the others. Like, you know, getting really good at Google ads right now probably has a very low payback because the opportunity was, you know, 10 years ago to get really good there, just like it was with Facebook advertising five years ago. And maybe the opportunity is with Instagram story advertising or what that involves right now because no one's really good at it. No one really knows how to do it. And that's where you have the arbitrage. And the same thing with conversational marketing. Like you want to do it now. You don't want to be in that late majority. So, David, I'm super curious. um, And and here's the thing. I'm actually going to tie back to an interview that we had many, many weeks ago with Joey Coleman. And we asked the question, who is the pirate to watch out for? His answer to us was, and and the reason I'm asking you this way is because I think you're very much built in the mindset of knowing and understanding this direction. He asked me, do you mean the good pirate or the bad pirate? Because there's both. And so when you think about conversational marketing, when you think about implementing this for your business, when you think about moving forward and being an early adopter versus somebody who is still GPSing borders, blockbuster, or thinking that mobile and video won't be a thing, like who do you think the pirate is in this case? Uh, The pirate to me is always uh, Bezos and Amazon, right? They're the pirate that I think about. Like, you know, like they are obviously – Consumer-based businesses, totally different thing. But there's, uh, it, Bezos has proven to be able to get into any business and rethink anything around a customer. We have a similar obsession at Drift. We're obsessed around focusing on the customer, and so because we share that, I think mostly about Bezos and how will he will reimagine marketing and sales in this world. I will add uh, one, uh, another pirate if I can, and that's Microsoft. You know, with Microsoft's uh, acquisition of LinkedIn. And what they're doing over there, you know, I'd be watching out for for what they're doing. Very, very cool perspective. I w- those are two areas I didn't even think we'd go, but um, 
but that's that's something I want to have over a drink. Yeah, <laughs> when we're, when we're yeah. up hanging out at Hypergrowth, I want to make sure we drop some uh, some area for you to talk a little bit about Hypergrowth. And then there's this little birdie told me there's event an event coming up, so I want to give you a second to chat about that, yeah. and uh, and then we'll let it set sail. Sounds good. So talk to me. What is uh what's this event called? Hypergrowth. Why are you excited? Or are you? I'm I'm sure you are, but uh, super excited. It. So last last year we started at Drift. We started our first uh, conference, and it was called Hypergrowth. And uh, and the idea with with like you guys, you know, speak at a lot of conferences, attend a lot of conferences, uh, been conferenced out, frankly. And uh, and you know at this phase, you know, I would mostly go to conferences to speak and then be gone, right? Because I know most of the speakers, I've heard it all. And, um, and I feel like I was growing from it. And one thing that, you know, we were always obsessed with here is that in order to grow, you really grow in all dimensions, right? It's really like your, your personal and your social and all these things that come together. It's not just like I just learn about business and that's it. I learn as much from these other things. And so we wanted to create a conference that was different, which is hypergrowth. And that conference is focused on, personal development, personal growth. Like I want to grow and I want to learn from other people outside of what I'm doing today, not just marketing and sales people. And, uh, and so we created this conference and we invited people who were Olympic stars, people who had been become, you know, he built huge brands in YouTube who have built huge companies who have built, you know, brands from coming from the military, like all sorts of interesting people that I think you, you and everyone else would find, uh, really compelling. Like, let's learn from all those different kind of people. And on purpose, this year, we split into two. We have Hypergrowth East, which is, uh, you know, here in Boston, September 4th. And then we have Hypergrowth West, which is in San Francisco, September 24th. And, uh, and we have an amazing group of speakers. And they on purpose have chosen speakers, I have, that may be controversial, right? Like, may, you may not like right? These speakers. And I've done that on purpose because I think one of the things that we all have a problem with, including myself, is that we all have a bias to want to only learn from people that we like or people that we think are perfect. And I think if you wait for people that you like and are perfect, you'll be waiting a really long time. And so one of the things that we all have to get good at is we need to be able to learn from people that we disagree with, that we may not like on a social level, uh, but that have figured something out and we can learn something from them. I think that's one of the biggest things that you can do for personal growth. And so we'll have speakers who are a little bit more flamboyant, a little bit more edgy, controversial, but we believe they have something important to teach. And, uh, and it'll be a test if people can put that to the side and actually learn from those people. Oh, Remington. That sounds fun. I, I just I just thought of a new speaker strategy. Like I need to be controversial <laughs> and I need to go rob a bank. I need yeah, to do Robin something. <laughs> so buckle down the brand. Like make sure that impulse is secure because I'm about to go buck wild so that I can go speak. buck wild on you. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. folks. Oh, man. You know we like to just yeah, so here. Just to uh, just to kind of circle back on that, if people are interested in the hypergrowth uh, event, um, you know, and they don't know how to Google, where do they go to um, go to, to register or investigate? They go to hypergrowth.drift.com, and they cool. can register there. And anyone uh, who's listening to this or watching this podcast who shouts out to me, I'm at decancel everywhere, LinkedIn, Twitter, wherever you want to find me, and and tell me that you've heard me on this show. I will give you for the first 
20 people who do that, I will give you VIP access. You'll be hanging out with the speakers and you'll be my personal guest, but only if you mention on this show, first 20 people. All right. George? No, I put your face on. No, no. Well, I am dumbfounded, but I put your face (laughs) on the screen because I thought for sure we were going to get like a or something like that. But, you know, so we'll just move on because people have things to do. It's time for us to set sail. Hey, David, first of all, thank you for taking time to do this interview. Thank you for being part of the Wayfinding Growth community. Folks, you know you should get a hold of them. You should definitely go to the event. Uh, The speakers, you know they're going to be dope. They're going to be dope. Community, thank you for being listeners. Thank you for engaging. Remember, if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you go over, hit the subscribe button, hit that bell for instant notifications. If you're watching or listening, on iTunes. Make sure you leave us a rating and review. Five stars is always awesome. Some nice words. There's another show out there. They like six stars. I don't even know what that's about. Anyway, make sure six you stars share. Only. There you go. Make sure you share with your friends and fellow wayfinders. Until next time, make sure you're doing all you can do to leave the dock of mediocrity and set sail to your success. Mm-hmm.